Live from the Tech Talk Studios hey. in the nation's capital and the heartland of America. It's Tech Talk. Guess what? It's that day. It's that time of the week. It's time for Tech Talk. I'm Brad Koss, my co-host, the one and only Dr. Jay Greenstein. Jay, buddy, how's it going today? How are you doing? What are you up to? I'm, I'm doing good, man. It's been, it's been a busy week, uh, you know, as they all are. But, man, I'm excited that we're doing this podcast today, Brad, because, first of all, it feels like we haven't spoken in, like, three days, which is crazy for us. It's nuts. It's a huge gap in time. But I'm really excited about our awesome guest. So can I, can I share who it is? Absolutely. Go right into it. And I know it's your subject matter, and it's something you and I have been talking about in the real world. We've been talking about it more and more in our talks when we give them. Why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest today? It is my pleasure. So today we have the amazing Maria Mesa, and Maria is the COO of Alternova, and they and she can tell you better about what they do than I can, but basically what they do is they they build healthcare technology apps and platforms to help people be healthier and they have a focus on mental health as well. They have an amazing resume, an amazing portfolio. They've got amazing relationships in the research and healthcare industries and I'm just super excited to hang out and also learn. One of the things they do extremely well is games, Brad. And and you know like you and I we like we like playing, so games and healthcare, those two things go hand in hand. And I'm learning so much from Maria and her team through this journey and this relationship that we have together. So Maria, welcome. Welcome. Welcome, Maria. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. It's an honor for me to be spending time and maybe some laughs with you as well. <laughs> Just a few. So Maria, maybe you could tell the audience a little bit about yourself, like who you are, where you grew up, and how you got into health tech. For sure. I'll give um, a short, I hope, summary and if you guys want to ask me any question in the meantime feel, feel free to do so so maria i think you can hear i have a strong accent which i'm very proud of i'm colombian latino woman i have an eclectic background i did law and business in my undergrad i did three different master's degrees in different things the last one i did was in analytics i worked in different industries the one that is remotely connected or connected to healthcare before starting my company is insurance um, after that, I decided to start my company in 2015 with a couple of my high school friends, and we were actually born as a gaming company. So we used to do, it was 2015, one of the years when VR, everybody thought it was finally going to be a boom and it was going to become mainstream when Facebook started launching the first headsets out of, on the market. And we were all my friends, my high school friends and I, very heavy gamers. And that technology went out and we were like, oh my God, this is so cool. Let's build games. Let's build a company that builds games. And we started exploring the gaming industry and very fast realized that games are more about marketing than they are about actually building the actual game. And we knew nothing about marketing. So we started thinking, how can we get into this, learn how to build technology with this, and at the same time have a business that gives us some, some money. So. We started in the construction industry because my family and my partner's family, they are all involved in real estate and construction in Colombia. And it was just an industry that was close to us. So we started the company building VR experiences to showcase properties and to sell properties before they were built, to train people, 
and we slowly at some point started also doing some things in entertainment as well. Um, during that path, I got a scholarship to come and study in the US to do my master's here. So I came here with the intention to, of course, take advantage of that opportunity, have the chance to live abroad, experience this huge market and this very different reality from compared to where I'm from. Came to the US, started my master's, and with the second intention, just to see if I could grow the company that I had in Colombia in this market. I don't think I've ever told you this story, Jay. No, I love this. And, and um, I, was, I was studying, I was doing my master's and at the same time exploring the, the real estate and the construction market. And to really summarize the story, because it's very long, I realized two things. One, I wasn't having fun or we weren't having fun spending time with people in that industry. Mm -hmm. Two, we realized that the problems we were solving with the technology, even though it was really cool and VR, and we were already like, we knew how to build games and how to manage the technology. It's like, mm, we're helping these construction companies make more money faster, maybe helping make a little bit better the user experience of buying a property or getting trained, but eh, this is not enough. So um, realizing that and kind of, I'm very thankful to this country and to the opportunity to come here because it gave me the, like the chance to be outside of my reality and realize that. So we started looking for a purpose, basically. We realized that we didn't have a soul. That's the way in which I, I like to express it. So we started looking for one. And the story is long. We did a lot of experiments. We started building games, prototypes to, in the entertainment industry. We started, or I started raising money for them uh, from publishers. I actually made it. I raised money for a very simple game that we were prototyping and building. We tried an experiment in e-commerce, it died. We tried an experiment in marketing, it died. We tried an experiment in fintech, it worked. And that's another company we have. We're currently building in a joint venture with another company. And in the process of what do we do with these skills? We know how to build games. We know how to use the technology. We wanna use it in, in, in favor of just solving problems that are actually meaningful. And in that process of looking for purpose, looking for meaning, we met a researcher, a neuroscientist at UCSF which is now our longest and dearest, I would say, client. And we owe to them the, the chance to just be in this, in this industry, which we love, and where there are a lot of opportunities and a lot of very important problems to be solved. And this guy, this scientist, runs a lab where they do clinical research with what they call experiences as medicine. So they do research, they're called Neuroscape. Um, they do research with video games and with, more recently, with psychedelics. And I am very excited uh, with the combination between both of those things. You said, and, I just want to make sure I heard you, Maria. You said psychedelics. psychedelics. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Love it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hey, your area mm -hmm. especially, buddy. <laughs> hey, we're talking, <laughs> speaking my language, games and psychedelics. What could be yeah. better? Yeah. Throw I Char agree. Throw a Charmin in there and we got, we got you covered, buddy. <laughs> That's my area too. I'm excited about that space for sure. And the combination between tech and psychedelics, definitely. So I met this guy, I met this researcher, or we met this researcher, and he was in the moment where he was desperately looking for a team of developers, of game developers, that could take over the development of the games that this lab was doing research with. They were working with a very big gaming company um, that was developing those games pro bono for this lab. And from one day to another, they closed the pro bono arm. This is a huge company, like 50,000 employees company. And they stopped developing these games for, for UCSF. They were doing that pro bono and they closed the pro bono arm. 
from one day to another. Wow. And this scientist was desperate looking for a team to replace them. And honestly, I don't know what went or what happened inside his head, but what I think or the story I tell myself is that these guys saw everything that we have done in serious games. That's how it's called when you use games to actually solve problems in real life. And the experiments we were already doing in entertainment and this search or this path we were in to find meaning and purpose. And he decided to give us a chance. And I'm so grateful to him for that. And we started working on a game on a very, very small scope of a game, fixing the data collection side of the game that was in clinical trials at the moment. It went really well. The scope started growing. We took over the entire scope of the game. Then we started another one based in meditation, then another one based in rhythm and music for ADHD and for anxiety. Then we did another one in VR for uh, early signs of Alzheimer's and dementia and for exercising short-term memory. And then at some point they were like, okay, now we need to scale the clinical trials we're doing and we need people to enroll remotely in the trials. And we cannot find the platform that can support that for games because the data collection side how you like the, the IP and what they're testing is how you touch the screen and the data collection of how people interact with the screen mm -hmm. needs to be very, very, very precise to explain it in like simple words. And they couldn't find the platform that could support that. So they needed to build that from scratch. And they said, okay, now we need this platform. Are you guys in for building the, the clinical trial platform? And we're like, okay, like we have no idea how a clinical trial works, but sure. <laughs> so these people hired a consultant we had a consultant they, they gave us all everything we needed and we learned with them HIPAA, gdpr and all of these things i'm not the most technical person to explain them but we learned how to build compliance software with ucsf and through their trust and them opening the door to us basically and it went well and i guess these scientists started talking about us inside ucsf and then psychiatry, some researchers in the psychiatry realm came looking for us and then some pediatricians and then the ER and then the HIV center and then some other researchers from MIT. And then I met someone from Stanford and Stanford also hired us. And at some point it was like, man, we're working with like four top universities in the US. We're building mostly games, but we had already started building software overall in healthcare. Um, and this is just, Fucking awesome, you know, we're building games, which is what we like. Maria drops the F and... first. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> and uh that's my Colombian side. Yeah, that's I love crazy. it. Yeah, love sorry. It. No, it's and great. and that's how it started. And that's when we realized, like, oh my god, the purpose we were looking for basically bumped into our face. And uh, this is it. We know nothing about healthcare, we're not American, we know nothing about the healthcare system, but who cares? We know why. And that's the important thing. So that's the executive summary. And now we do software development. We offer software development services to companies only, exclusively, generating technology for wellness. Because um, I, I don't think I could call it digital health anymore. Because I think wellness, digital health, edtech, and even fintech are mashed into that wellness uh, yeah. umbrella. Uh, even at some point, I think also tourism and hospitality. That's cool. Brad, so, Brad. Well, oh, sorry, we God. only do tech for good, basically. That's the executive summary. And now we not only work with academia, we work, but we work with Stanford, with Harvard, with UCSF, with a bunch of, of, of top schools, but we have started also working with pharmas, with medical device companies, with health systems, and with startups all across the board from very, very early stages. This That's startup. The summary. <laughs>
Yeah. Hey, Maria, that is amazing. And I'm going to have to start using my hands so I can keep up with you because I love people that use their hands. And uh, that's part of your culture. That, that's that a Latino. Is, yeah. No, love. I just love it. I, I love it. Uh, Jay's pretty boring. You know, I've seen him in front of crowds and stuff, and he just stands there straight as an arrow and doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm teasing. Jay's, Jay's. That is an amazing uh, summary. Maria, I mean, we had a guest, Jay, about a year and a half ago. Remember, he was from Israel, mm-hmm. and he was an F-16 fighter pilot. And in the F-16, the helmet they use is a virtual display. So they aim guns and, and guidance systems and stuff with their helmet. And he developed neck pain uh, doing that. And his wife came over for a master's program. I can't, I'm trying to remember the name, Jay, as I'm talking, but... Uh, he got into VR to develop it for chiropractic to help um, do um, do uh, exercise technology. And he was able to map from the way the eyes were reacting to the exercise, whether they were getting better, whether they were the range of motion was getting better. It was a very cool concept, and it was right when COVID hit. So it was a great solution um, during that period of time. But he was really an interesting person. Uh, but yours is much more detailed and much greater in what you're trying to do. Jay, this sounds like it's just right up your alley, man. Well, it is. And, and Maria's been great. Like her and her team, we've done several calls. We, 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 we know there's a collaboration opportunity here. I think as it relates to like alignment of core values, like building these platforms for, for doing well in the universe is just critically important for, for yeah. us, as you know. And, um, and it, you know, Maria's company just aligns with us, but it, not but. And I, I love your story, Maria, because like Brad and I, we've had so many entrepreneurs on, on the podcast and there's so many lessons to be learned from what you just said. Like you mentioned the companies that you tried, you started and it just didn't work. It just, it just didn't get there, but I'm sure you learned along the way, ultimately finding like your core purpose, like your real purpose in the world. And I think, you know, that's just a great message for our audience to hear. And the other thing that I think is really relevant to our audience is that, you know, luck is kind of a fallacy. Luck is where hard work meets opportunity. And so people could say, oh, you're lucky. You met this guy from UCSF. No, you busted your ass for like a long time. And you then had this opportunity presented to you where just the stars aligned. And I think a lot of times people see successful people, they see successful companies like, oh, they're just lucky. Or they're the, you know, they just, they're the type of person that can make it happen. No, like the successful people in the world have all the same struggles that, you know, the average person has. It's just a matter of how persistent are we going to be? How hard are we going to work? How much are we going to learn from every single I'll use the term failure. It's probably not the right word, but the challenges that we face so that we can we can continue to move forward. And that's what I heard coming out of your story, Maria. Yeah, me too. And actually, I think the world struggle should be like the frame in which we look at that word should change because that's actually the fun in life. Yeah. And what I enjoy the most of being an entrepreneur and what I fight the most with also the uncertainty. You know, the uncertainty of, I, I don't wake up any morning with a list of, of tasks that someone just puts into my desk. I need to fucking figure it out. So, and that scares people. That scares me sometimes, but that also excites me so much. And you can call that a struggle. And I call it just being able to enjoy life. That's life. Yeah, yeah. it's the journey. 
And I, I so appreciate your transparency and your honesty. And I know these, the comments that you have are really going to help our audience. So thank you. Absolutely. Guys, it's time to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Tech Talk. I'm Brad Cost, my co-host, Dr. Jeff Greenstein, our guest today, the amazing Maria Mesa. We'll be right back. Damn, damn, damn. Let's slow it down. With the hot data jocks of talk. Ooh. It's Tech Talk. Welcome to Infinity. We have worked hard to create an electronic claims website that is simple and user-friendly. This is the public side. You can log into your personal web portal here. This is your dashboard. You can personalize it to your liking here. Our main focus has been to allow you to submit and edit claims as easy as possible. You will find our claims editor and claims processing is simple to use and straightforward. Our quick action bar is where you can find your most important information. Most of these icons will take you directly to the claims the number represents. You can easily view if you have any messages in your inbox of any unread alerts by looking for these blue numbers. To view the rest of our training videos to get the most of your Infinity experience, click this icon. We hope you find this web portal simple and easy to use. Thanks for letting us serve you. Your weekly dose of talk. Get ready. With the data jocks of talk. Starting your weekend outright with the data jocks of talk. It's TikTok. Well, welcome back. Guys, I know you're going to want to hear this entire podcast. We've got uh, Maria with us today and, and really getting into the gam gamification of, of healthcare, basically, which is su a subject matter you've heard Jay talk about a lot on the podcast of and Jay, I think you actually did some uh, articles, did you not, on we gamification? Did. Yeah, we did. some yeah. articles on that. So, Maria, I, I, you did not expect to be this kind of success when you came to America, did you? Initially, I always, or that—that's what I tell myself. I try to live life with no expectations because life always surprises you. Yeah. <laughs> I try to find joy in the process, but I'm not attached to an end goal. So how long have you been in America now? You came here as a student. How long How long ago was that? How long have you been here? I've been here now for six years. Six Since years. 2018, yeah. And did you do your graduate work at uh, UCFS? No, I did it at Holt as a business school. I did my, my master's in business and a, another one in analytics. That was what I, what I did here. I actually sit on the board of governors and trustees at Oklahoma State University, and we have a master's program in, in large data analytics uh, that was originally funded and started by the founder of the Cerner, Cerner Software, Cerner EMR companies. 
and and I'm directly I sit on the board for that actual master's program too and I am amazed every time I go over to talk to those students or judge their class projects and stuff uh, it is just amazing to see the passion those kids have uh, it sort of reminds me of you that was tough you know I'm a lawyer <laughs> I'm learning learning how to and I have ADHD I don't know how I did law now now that I know <laughs> I have ADHD but honestly I went through that uh, thanks to my social skills of just making very smart friends that helped me out because oh my god that was hard <laughs> Yeah, we, we probably have 85% of the students in that graduate program are international students. And so they have all the social issues coming. That's where I probably get a little wild and crazy because I'm a business guy. I'm not a Cairo. I'm not an analytics guy. I'm, I am not a mathematical guy, but I own a company that does a lot of healthcare analytics. Uh, I own a company that we do deep uh, healthcare transactional information but I've surrounded myself with really smart people. And the data scientists have been sort of new uh, to my company over the last five or six years, but has brought about this revolution that uh, has just been a, a great, great thing for me personally, for the industry. Jay's probably told you we're trying to help the profession, the chiropractic profession out by giving them a data way. Researchers will have access to very rapid, not real time, but really rapid uh, data sets that they can do research on that they don't really have great access to today. And that's going to change so much in the in the next five years. I think engineering, and I'm so excited about that, but I because I think it's not going to be anymore about looking at, for a comma that is misplaced. It's going to be about critical thinking, and it's going to be about creativity, and the arts and the humanities are going to come back to engineering, or I hope so. Yeah. You know, we're we're actually stepping in and doing a little, it's a project I've had to let go a little bit because of the data lake, but we're starting to look at predictive analysis where we're, well, we're, we, we're SaaS-based shops. So we're, we're looking at, looking at a patient's histories. How are they going to be in six months, 18 months, 24 months, 36 months down the road to then start educating the patient and helping them change that pathway, that projection that we we see by just making simple changes in their lifestyle uh, and taking care of themselves in most cases. But it's been shocking to me out of the data sets that we have when you see all of the mistakes, all the screw-ups that have happened in healthcare, especially at the hospital level of treatment, that's just in many cases have ended people's lives prematurely because of mistakes that physicians have made. So I'm all about what you're trying to do and, and help edge. That's the piece we got to bring back is the patient into this, this triangle of information that they've sort of been pushed out of. And that's one of the things I know Jay's trying to do. So I, I have great admiration for what you're trying to do. And I look forward uh, to watching you in the future too, to see how things come out. Same here. And I appreciate that, Brad. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So Maria, the rage right now, and there's so much you know, news about it is AI, right? Every, the, I, you can't turn around without hearing about something related to AI. There was just an article that came out about Meta and what they're doing. Um, I, I, I have a question for you. So 
you know, where do you see the intersection of AI as it relates to healthcare? Like, where do you see the opportunities? And then the second piece is, where do you see AI and its intersection with game creation and gamification for both provider and patient experiences? I, I, I want to hear. Don't, don't share too much about what we're doing together, okay? That's kind of confidential. Definitely. But. <laughs> Definitely. Well, AI, I think in many, in many places, but what, what I'm really excited to see is it, to see it in action is in primary care. Um, cause I, and I, I don't, I don't care about the technicalities, but what I do care about is that giving physicians the chance to actually look at patients in the eye, be present when they are with them and not thinking, okay, I need to end this fast because I need to go to that EHR, which sucks. Right. And then write down some notes and then it doesn't work. What do I do? You know, and then the billing code and the like they don't want to <laughs> do that. They didn't sign up for that. So I'm excited for one, of course, the care that they will provide using AI, not having to do admin stuff in soft pieces of software that suck. Yep. Um, that's one. And two, of course, coming like the social determinants coming back to the healthcare conversation with your primary care physician, which is the most important part of and how you get into the healthcare system. So that I'm excited about. And to go into your, your, your next uh, question about gamification, I'm excited about, like, look, my, my perspective in, in gamification, I think it is just a piece or a part of the UX process of, of doing proper design and having the patient in the center. That sounds cliche, but it, it doesn't happen today. So we need to keep saying that. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think what gamification brings is just a piece of that process where you can have in mind when you're building a digital product, what brings joy to people. And part of what brings many of us joy is playing. Part of what brings many of us joy is entertainment. We watch shows, right? We watch silly videos on TikTok or whatever other form of entertainment that you can think of. And it happens that gaming is one of the most data-driven industries that exist. And there are more than 4 billion video game players actively in the world. So there's a lot of data. There's a lot of data that we, or the industry, or not only healthcare, but healthcare is the most important one because we are all clients of this industry. We are all humans. I think the word patients should be eliminated. We all go through healthcare experiences. Um, and this industry happens to have a lot of data about us and what we like and what we enjoy. So why not tap into that and start building products that are more engaging and that actually have in mind what, what brings smiles to people's faces. That is one. And two, the community aspect and all the data that is out there in the gaming industry about the community aspect. Because in many occasions, it's not about just designing a product that is engaging from a design perspective. The thing is that people don't want to use it because they don't have the motivation, because they don't have people close to them. They don't have community. We've lost those bonds, and especially in the US. Um, so it's even if you design it really well, but if you don't have people that care about you, if you don't have that motivation, I want to be better because I want to spend time with my friends, because I want to spend time with my grandkids, because I right? Because I care about the people next to me and I want to be my best version for them. If I don't have that, you could do the best design ever in the world and you're just not going to engage and you're not going to create the habits if you don't have that motivation. And games are really good in creating communities. Some sick ones, for sure, and some very, very unhealthy ones, uh, but they work. (laughs) They just bring (laughs) together a lot of people. Why not learn the bright side of it? Yeah, I love that. That's my take. I love it. So Maria, 
man, I just my brain is going crazy with all the thoughts of of how the delivery. You met, you talk about social determinants. That's an area that I've been really interested in, and actually developed one of the social determinants uh, that you actually could compare uh, those patients' health records against. Are you know are you making their social economic situation better by tracking and helping them with the health care? And I believe there's a great correlation between that. I, I get worried a little bit because the government seems to be just trying to help the social economic issue and not really help them get healthier or better, you know, and, and not really looking at the correlation of that. Uh, I worry how that's going to head down the road. But how, one of my questions, and, and we don't have a lot of time, we're going to take another break here in a minute, is the delivery system to deliver. Um, is it just gamifications that you're playing on a screen, just like a regular game? Do you do VR where you're, you, you know, how do you, how do you plan on getting this out to the mass of people, people that maybe their economic status doesn't allow that, but they still need the message. Look, what I'm passionate about, and one of the reasons why I ended up in this industry is because I, I ask myself a lot, how can we use something that is already mainstream in people's favor? You have a phone in your, in your pocket, we all do, and a smartphone probably. And if you look at the numbers in America, they're very high of people that have actually a smartphone in their pocket and internet access as well. So why not use something that you're actually using in your day-to-day -day in your favor? And going back to the UX side of the conversation, I think engagement is something that should be questioned for sure. And I think technology and apps, because right now we they're delivered through a phone, that's gonna change. And we're gonna have many other ways of delivering technology and they're gonna be way more seamless and using voice and potentially holograms and all of these things that are coming. I don't know if you will see it, potentially, yes. Um, but I think actually that design and the, the, the where I wanna take actually my company is designing applications where we prompt people or where we help people spend less time on the screen and i don't know where i was going with that comment but that's part of the of the, of it's the a good goal it's a really good goal yeah well i was i was asking the question about how you're going to deliver these experiences and i and i agree with you you know the that technology is expanding so rapidly phones may become obsolete i actually saw a show the other day where the phone was actually a a, a template that was implanted underneath the skin oh God. You know, and they were like, dang, 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 doing this. And they were watching things. And uh, I thought, you know, where where is the future going to take those kind of visual experiences that technology is building on today? It'll be interesting to see what's happening in 10 and 15 years from now. Guys, it's time for us to take another break. I know it just, Jay, time's flying by really quick here. We may You're have to have fun. We may have to have this lady back again to have a longer conversation. This is Tech Talk. We'll be right back. Come on back. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Jay Greenstein. This is Jay Greenstein. With me today is Dr. Jay Greenstein. Dr. Jay Greenstein. The world around us and healthcare specifically is changing at an exponential pace. Chiropractic is perfectly positioned like we have never been right now today to be more successful and to be more impactful 
for the communities and patients that we serve. There are all sorts of evidence-based guidelines that, that support the use of non-pharmacological approaches. But what I want America to know is that health doesn't come from a pill. It's our responsibility as healthcare providers to educate the community about the evidence that exists. We really need to have a private practice app, something that will help us engage with our patients in ways that they've never experienced before. The intersection of technology and quality care is where the future of healthcare is at, and I'm really excited to bring that forward in the future. Spreading the love. You're listening to the Tech Slot. It's TikTok. So we all feel it. Rent or dining out, gasoline or movies. As a matter of fact, the dollar is not going as far for a whole host of reasons. And it's impacting everybody, regardless of your financial situation. Did you know that 38% of the overall population is having to reconsider how they're spending their money just to afford the healthcare they need? And if you break it down further, 26% have actually delayed the healthcare that they need including going to see you, the chiropractor. So here's what we need to know about the breakdown in demographics. You would think that someone who's making $120,000 or more would be continuing their care right now, but the actual number is 18%. 18% of that group is actually putting off healthcare, and that's a group of people making six figures. When you take that same information all the way down to a group making 40,000, that number's much higher. It's closer to 40%. So it's never been more important than now to make sure you've made it easy for your patients to come see you, that you have choices for them, and you understand what they're going through at home. We wanna make sure your practice thrives during this time, and we encourage you to learn about what Cairo Health USA can do for you and your practice and making it easy for patients to see you and continue care. Listen to the future of healthcare with the data jocks of talk. It's Tech Talk. What's up, everybody? It's Dr. J here, and I'm super excited because my very good friend, Brad Koss, and my very good friend, Maria Mesa, and I are having a great conversation about all things related to digital wellness. Right, Maria? Did I do that correctly? Did I, did I, did I say that correctly? Perfect. All right. Um, so, Maria, in this, in this last 
you know, section that we get a chance to hang out with you, I'm really curious to know, like, what is it that you're most excited about in the next 12 months? Like, what do you think is really going to move the needle for the people out there that we're serving? I, I would say two things, one from an industry perspective and another one from Alternova's perspective. So from an industry perspective, perspective, I'm very excited to see in the upcoming years how business models are going to change in healthcare. Because I think, and we have seen, we saw the pair therapeutics case, for example, and I think those guys are very brave. They, they paved the way and many of the DTX companies are paving the way. But I think we're going to start seeing a lot of interesting innovation business model wise and distribution wise of these pieces of technology that have that are already medical devices that have already tens of tons of millions of dollars behind and a lot of clinical studies and the FDA said, okay, this works, but now how do you get it to people? So I'm excited to see creativity in the industry and potentially some of what I call cross-pollination, which in my eyes or, or how I explain it is, how can you bring business models from other industries, AKA gaming, for example, into this industry and really disrupt it and really get these pieces of technology in front of people. So I'm excited about business model innovation, if we can call it like that, specifically in the digital therapeutic space, but in the software as a medical device space overall. So I'm excited to see that. Um, that's from an industry perspective. And I'm excited to see these pieces of technology become actually mainstream and getting to people. And I hope they're not at the same cost as a pharmaceutical drug and they don't start abusing prices. I hope that's not the case because the point of having technology is that it's scalable and cost effective. So I'm excited to see new business models on industry, industry-wise. And then Alternova-wise, I'm excited to grow. I'm excited to work on, on projects that actually impact the world. And I'm excited because we're in the very early stages of starting to develop our own game, that we're not thinking of it as a medical device. We're thinking of it on the entertainment slash wellness side of digital health. Uh, so I'm excited really to see where that takes us. That's going to be our first product. We're also building another one on the clinical research side of things. Uh, but I'm excited to start seeing these first investments that we do on building something that we own and building our own IP and see where it takes us and the, and the good impact that we can create in the world with that. So I'm excited it. about it. Us too. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, Jay, can you just, you can just almost feel the passion when you hear her talk, don't you, Betty? Yeah, it's amazing. I love it. That's why we align. Yeah, I can, I can see, understand why. So Maria, tell our audience uh, some URLs, tell them how they can get hold of it, how they can follow what you're doing uh, as the, in the next year or two as things progress with your company. Well, for now, uh, our website is a good place and LinkedIn is another good place. We are actually in the process of building a real brand. We're going to launch a new website and from there, some digital experiences and, and things are going to come up. Uh, we've managed to, to get here with a website that actually I built myself. It's uh, a great website. Justice anymore. I wrote it down myself. I'm, not, I'm a lawyer. Yeah, I know nothing about marketing. So we're in the process of ramping that up. So for now, LinkedIn and our website are the, the best places to just find out a little bit about us. And coming up soon, potentially in the next months, a couple months, a, a new website and definitely some other places where we can be in touch with people. And what is that URL? Can you say that again? I don't want to butcher it. It's alternova.com. That's the URL. That's A-L-T-E-R-N-O-V-A dot com, right? Yes, sir. That's it. All right, guys. Uh, well, audience... 
listen, this is uh, this is a young lady you want to follow. I can just my intuition is telling me this is a company you want to follow. Uh, is it a privately held company, Maria? Is there investment opportunities here? We're not interested, at least not at the moment. Um, we don't want to sell our soul. We want to keep the <laughs> the purpose of it. And I didn't mention this to you, but honestly, what drives me the most, more than what we do outside, which I think is great, uh, is what we do inside. Because uh, we hire people in Colombia, we hire people from small cities, from rural areas, we hire people that are not engineers, that don't speak English. So basically, an American company would never hire them. We train them, we sponsor their engineering careers, we teach them English. This year we started sending the first couple of employees abroad. So they actually immerse themselves and learn English. And we want to do more and more and more of that. And I have a very big vision for, for, for what that could be. So that's what drives me and I don't want to change that. I want to spend my money doing more of that. So if an investor comes that aligns with that, fantastic. And if the metric is not only excess in the bank, that will be fine. But we haven't met one yet. Let's see. You know, I, I'm sort of that same ideology. I, uh, I want to keep control of my product and what's going on and what's happening. Sometimes it, it's painful to do that. Uh, but... I, you know, in the end, you get all that satisfaction of what you actually did, what you actually put into place. Jay, I believe, is exactly that same way. So, yeah, I think you're talking to two guys that have that same mentality. I'm glad. Yeah. Glad to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jay, buddy, another yes, one in the back. And, uh, and uh, th this has been a great one for us to get back on and get, get caught up on. So, uh, so that's exciting. Anything new happening in your world, Jay, that uh, that we need to know, the audience needs to know about? I know we're getting ready to uh, speak together in uh, Florida at the Florida Chiropractic Association, the national. Yeah, man. And I then, mean, I've got a, I got a four-hour workshop there, and then we've got our presentation in the big ballroom. So we're going to have a huge yeah. audience, and it's going to be a great event. And we are also talking about all the progress we're making on the chiropractic future strategic plan for the profession. So we've, we got a lot going on that weekend, brother. We are going to be running. We are. And then the weekend after that, we're going to be in Tennessee to talk That's also. Right. Yeah. And then shortly after that, Wisconsin. So we, we are, we're going to start speeding up here pretty quick. Yeah, so man. anyway, we'll be busy. Well, Maria, Maria, thank you very much for spending the hour with us today. It has been very fun and very informational and I, uh, I've loved it. So from my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein, I'm Brad Cost. Have a good day. See y'all.